This, this is Bear Down Wednesday. 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 Alright, welcome back to another edition of Bear Down Wednesdays. I'm not sure what day I'm going to drop it. I might drop it Tuesday. I might drop it Wednesday. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's Bear Down Wednesdays. It is the number one supplemental Chicago Bears podcast in the game. I'm your host, Jason Bell. You can find us every week, usually on Wednesdays, but occasionally on other days. Uh, we are on SoundCloud. We are also available on Apple Podcasts. Because if you're not on Apple, you're just not a real podcast. You can find us on Twitter at BD Wednesdays. Zipping and ripping, basically just tweeting that, hey, new episode, new episode. Occasional lukewarm takes. And uh, if you want to send an email, BD Wednesdays at gmail.com. All right, let's go ahead and get into this uh, this clogged toilet situation down here in Miami. Bear Down Wednesdays. This, this is Bear Down Wednesdays. All right, so as we all know, the Miami Dolphins defeat the Chicago Bears 31-28, to this one in overtime. This is not the first time that crazy hijinks has, uh, has uh, fallen onto the Chicago Bears as they take a trip to South Florida. First, before we get into the game action, I just want to say that I absolutely hate the orange Chicago Bear jerseys. The Bears have arguably the best uniform in the NFL. I'd say the Saints probably have the best, but the Bears are right there. The classic blue helmet, blue jersey. And when you go on the road, you have the chance to go white jersey and white pants, which I think is freaking amazing. I would love a throwback that goes back to like the Brian Song, Brian Song, uh, Gail Sayers era, where it's like the white sea gray face mask like, that would be flipping awesome but uh, they got fantastic jerseys they don't need orange jerseys like that's gimmicky they just do that to sell jerseys and it looks horrible and bad stuff happens just clearly like absolute just bad things happen with the orange jerseys uh, i hated them with Cade mcnown i hated them on the super bowl team with erlacher i hate them today why'd they bring them back they're terrible terrible anyway i'm disgusted with this loss there are three separate times that I felt like the Bears had the game. One, when they went up 21-10, I thought they had it. When they went up 28-21, I thought they had it. And then just heading into overtime, I'm like, all right, they're clearly the better team. They're going to win it. You know, He's going to make this field goal. Bears, they're good. The only time that I thought Miami had it, one, absolutely, was on that final kick. Uh, even if Miami kicked a field goal on the Drake fumble, I still think uh, Chicago was going to win. I didn't think Miami was going to score a touch. I thought the Bears D would do something. I shocked the guy fumbled, but I thought they would stop him and hold him to a field goal. I think if the Dolphins and the Bears play 10 times, I think Chicago wins 8 of the 10. That's just my take. I think they're just the better the better team through and through. I am shocked that Brock Osweiler torched the Bears defense. There's been a lot of talk that the Osweiler thing came on at the last minute, that the Bears spent the entire week prepping for Tannehill. And I can understand uh, changing your game plan at the last minute and how it screwed up. But in all honesty, we're not talking about Tom Brady here. We're not talking about Peyton Manning, you know, going to to you know a, a no name backup. I mean, it's Tannehill and it's Osweiler. They both have their fair share of critics. I'm a big fan of Frank Gore. I love that he's still out there grinding. Um, I don't think riding Frank Gore is going to be the recipe to success for a full 16 game season. I think the Dolphins are very flawed, but they came out here and they got the win. So you gotta you gotta hand it to them. Again, tipped passes going right to Dolphin receivers reared its ugly head. That happened today on a big play, uh, you'll remember. It also happened in 1985 when the Miami Dolphins were the only team to beat the 85 Bears. Uh, perhaps Miami will prove me wrong and go to the playoffs and be good, 
But I, I think I've seen all I need from them. I think this is the absolute peak of their season, and they'll wind up like 6-10 and 10 or something like that. <clears throat> um, for the Bears, this reminded me of the Arizona game. This is a team that you're clearly better than, but it's a road game in the NFL. Even the bad teams have elite players and a lot of talent. Any road game is tough. You know, If you're on a road game against the worst team in the league, it's still going to be tough when you're on the road. Big stats from Mitch Trubisky today, Mitchell T., uh, some shaky throws, some stuff that made you go, eh. uh, again, some big action from Treat Cohen. A lot of, the dude is fast. He's electric, but that, that fumble at the end was an absolute killer. And uh, Jordan Howard, it was, it was Jordan Howard a week all week, everybody talking about trading him to the Eagles or what do you do with him. I, I think this might just be the new Jordan Howard and Nagy's offense, and I'm sure that you know they're going to huddle up right out the season as a team. I would love to keep Howard on the roster, but I think they might look at this in the off season and be like, all right, he's at this point, he's like a 15 carry 60 yards a game type of dude. He's not the, the workhorse that you want to, you know, number two, number two in the league in rushing, like he was his rookie year. He's not that dude anymore, at least not in this offense. I think that is something they may have to address in the off season. Anyway, stats from this game, Mitchell T slinging that D 300 yards, 316 in the air to be precise, three touchdowns, one interception, Jordan Howard, 14 carries, 69 yards. Again, a great average, but not anything that's going to blow you away. Uh, Trubisky had 47 yards rushing, and that dude just looks fast, man. That you know, uh, uh, some some running plays, kind of like the Tampa game there. Leading receivers for the Bears, Taylor Gabriel, five receptions for 110 yards. He is now the leading receiver on the Bears, taking that title from Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen. Another big day, seven catches for 90 yards in the air. Meanwhile. Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler inexplicably goes for 380 yards on the Bears, the number one ranked defense in the league, three touches, two picks. Uh, Gore, 15 carries, 101 yards rushing. Albert Wilson, that's your – Gore had a big game, but those two plays that Albert Wilson made, six catches, 155 yards in the air, two touches, that 75-yard touchdown run at the end just can't happen. Like that's just inexplicable, just uh, game should be over, Bears should have won. I don't know. I know I'm a homer. What are you going to do? Anyway, we're going to take a look inside the numbers. Inside the numbers. Numbers. Inside Inside. the numbers. All right, the leading passer in the NFL, Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers. The first man to go over 2,000 yards this year, and we're still two weeks from Halloween. 2,033 yards for Big Ben. Quick shout-out to Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. I know he's a rival, but uh, he's got one leg. He's thrown for 1,997 yards. He's number two in the league. Uh, Mitchell T. of the Bears hanging tight at number 22. He's going for 252 yards a game. That comes out to 1261 on the season. Trubisky at 22, the the two closest quarterbacks to him are Russell Wilson and Alex Smith. So that's the company he's keeping in the the chase for the leading passer. Uh, Meanwhile, the leading rusher in the NFL is Todd Gurley of the Rams. 623 yards on the ground. That dude's got uh, both of his hands wrapped around the MVP right now. Leading rusher on the Bears, Jordan Howard. He is number 23. In the NFL, surrounded by Royce Freeman and Alex Collins. And this is a guy who was top two, I think his first year, top six, his second year, and now he's 23. He goes for 54 yards a game. That's his average. That comes out to 272 yards rushing this season. Leading receiver in the NFL, Adam Thielen of the Vikings, 712 yards receiving. Wow. Uh, Leading receiver for the Bears was Allen Robinson. Now it's Taylor Gabriel. He's got 303 yards on the season, 61 yards a game. That's good for the number 49 spot. The two closest receivers to Gabriel, Nelson Aguilar and Mohamed Sanu. So that's the company Gabriel keeps in the uh, receiver ranks. The sack totals. This was uh, Khalil Mack's 
uh, personal playground, but they, he's kind of cooled off a little lately. Daniel Hunter of the Vikings leads the NFL in sacks with seven. Uh, J.J. Watt of Houston tied for first. He also has seven sacks. Khalil Mack with five sacks, but he's tied for 10th with like eight other dudes. Uh, sacks, there's just a lot of ties and a lot of dudes. If you look at uh, Football Outsiders DVOA, they have a very clear top three teams in the league, and then there is a gap with the rest of the NFL. Those top three teams in the league are the L.A. Rams, Chicago Bears, and Kansas City Chiefs, and then there is a gap. Um, I've heard people talking about they want to see the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and they're talking about the Rams going undefeated and the Chiefs being this great team. Why are the Bears number two? I'm, <laughs> people, aren't, people aren't even sure the Bears are going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure. If you look at the rankings, uh, the Bears have the number two Number two overall total team, their offense is 17th, which is very middle of the pack. But the defense is number one, and the special teams are number six. So those are both pretty elite units. Um, that's that's a very high ranking for the Bears overall. But, you know, you listen to – you watch the games, you listen to the podcasts, the people are saying it's basically seven-on-seven seven out there. So how good is it to have the number one defense when all the rule changes are skewed towards offense? We shall see. I don't know. Two B to TBD. Or TBD, as uh, as Michael Scott would say. News and injuries and shit. News. Injuries. Shit. It's news. And injuries. And shit. All right, so in the world of Chicago Bears news, NBC Sports Chicago with an article. Again, of course, I'm just going into my Bleacher uh, Report stream and clicking on Chicago Bears because that's the type of journalism, the crack journalism I do. NBC Sports Chicago with an article. Akeem Hicks makes the PFF Team of the Week. So that's good for the Bears. Uh, pro football talk, betters lost big on the Bears. Understandably so. Miami, I am not sold on them at all. Uh, the Sun-Times, a day after the Bears wilt, Nagy willing to take the heat. Okay. Sun-Times with another article, probably the most interesting article, Bears keeping an eye on Khalil Mack's right ankle. I haven't seen anything about him missing time or being out. They mentioned it on the Around the NFL podcast about Mac missing some time during this game, but they said even when Mac was in, the Bears did not have any kind of pass rush on Osweiler. And that was one of the big talking points before the games that the Dolphins didn't have three of their starting offensive linemen, but they seemed to do all right. So, so much for pregame uh, expertise. The Loop Sports with an article, offensive Offense's Big Day Overshadowed by Turnovers. That'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah. When you take it from a win to a loss, absolutely. Uh, I love about these articles that nobody's shitting on Trubisky and nobody's shitting on Jordan Howard. It's just, uh, you know, they're a good team. They lost. They're right there. It's just, this is good. This is good. I'm all right with these headlines. They work for me. They make me happy. Mitch Trubisky. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a look at Tom Brady and Mitch Trubisky. The theory here that uh, Tom Brady's first year starting, he went for 189 yards passing a game. Trubisky's first year starting, he went for 182. So I feel like the, those are pretty close numbers. I wanted to see how how Mitch's second year starting mirrored Tom Brady's second year starting. Uh, Tom Brady's second year starting was 2002. So I'm kind of going right down the line game by game. Now, of course, Mitch's fifth game of the year uh, at Miami, a loss. Trubisky went for 316, three touches, one pick. He had a passer rating of 122.5. So for all the criticism, he seems like he's really turned a corner and he's really developing. Uh, Brady's fifth game of the year, 2002, a loss at Miami. Eerie, right? Uh, Patriots lost to the Dolphins 26-13 on October 6, 2002. Brady's stats, he went for 240, two touches, two picks. His passer rating was only 74. Psst, 
barely half of Trubisky's passer rating. I know what you're saying is like, hey, it's a more pass-happy league. So the fuck what? That's what I would say. Mitchell T, uh, just dominating Brady in this particular matchup of particular games. Uh, For the season at this point, through five games, Mitchell T, 1,261 yards, 11 touches, four picks. Tom Brady, 1,566 yards, 13 touches, six picks. These are comparable numbers. I feel like these are comparable numbers. In this particular matchup here, the fifth game, Mitchell T clearly had the better game, 122 rating to a 74. So five games in, Brady has had the better game three times. Mitch has had the better game two times. Again, uh, Brady in 2002, he wound up averaging 235 uh, a game passing, and right now Mitch is currently sitting on like 251 or something like that. So uh, go Mitch, go Bears. Anyway, this week in 1980. Five. Five. 1985. This week in 1985. The fifth game of 1985. That's where we're going to look at the 85 Bears. And uh, what was that fifth game? It was October 6th, 1985. Tampa Stadium. The Bears in Florida. Heavy, heavy Florida theme this week on uh, Bear Down Wednesdays. Do you remember the, the, the days, the NFC uh, Central? Uh, the Bears would just play the Bucks twice a year as two guaranteed wins every year. Anyway, back in 85, Bears go down to Tampa. They, I know they used to be a big ticket. All the snowbirds from Chicago would go down to Tampa, and they would hope the game would be in, like, November or December. Uh, anyway, this particular game in 85, the Bucks jumped out to a 12-0 lead, two field goals, and a touchdown with uh, with no extra point. Uh, 12-0 lead for the Bucks. Bears storm back and win 27-19. That is a common theme. Like, when I think back to the 85 Bears, I'm like, oh, they're the best team ever. They're a juggernaut. They crushed everything. A lot of games, they got in a hole, in like a double-digit hole, and then they would just turn it on like in the second or third quarter, and then that would be it. But anyway, 27-19, Bears win. Bears 5-0, and best team in the world, best team ever. Jimmy Mack, 292 passing in the air, one touchdown, two picks, and this is kind of the Emory-Moorhead game. He had eight catches for 114 yards receiving. Again, the 85 Bears perfection. They've never done anything wrong. Sneak peek. Coming up. What's next? All right, so now we're going to take a quick sneak peek. Where do the Chicago Bears go from here? They are 3-2. and two. They missed an opportunity for some separation in the standings. Uh, right now, they are still in first place in the NFC North, but uh, I think the... Hold on, Sport X got it tied. So the Bears are still currently in first place at 3-2, and two, but they are tied with the uh, Vikings and the Packers, who are 3-2-1 and one because of that stupid tie. The Bears have a, a higher win percentage, so I believe they would win if the season ended today. And the Lions, as awful as they are, they are only one game back at 2-3. and three. So it's a real grease fire in the NFC North. Bears could have had some separation. That didn't happen. So what do they get now? They get Sunday, October 21st, a matchup with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady comes to Soldier Field to look Mitch Trubisky right in the eye to see who blinks first. That's 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, Soldier Field. Currently, the uh, Bears getting 3.5 points. you got to love the home underdogs. Uh, Pats are coming in hot. They just beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, gave Kansas City their first loss of the season. The Patriots' offense is humming. Julian Edelman just came back. It looks like they're firing on all cylinders. Sony Michelle looks like he's turning a corner. Bill Simmons is always crushing the Patriot defense, and he bemoans the fact that the league is turning into like flag football or seven on seven. So, you know, I don't know, maybe shootout potential, or maybe the Bears' defense just gets goes bonkers because they're back home. Who knows? Uh, last time these teams met was in 2014. That was a particularly brutal game. New England won 51 to 23 uh, in Foxborough. That game is uh, very memorable because Lamar Houston of the Bears 
got his first sack of the season. And it was like late too. It was like late in November. He got his first sack of the season, tore his ACL celebrating the sack. The Bears were already down like 30 points at that point. So that is magnificent. Uh, so heading into this game, the the main important thing I would say is what's going on with Cleo Mack's ankle? Like, let's get that, shoot him up, get him whatever he needs. Let's get that dude ready to go. Uh, please also don't wear the orange jerseys. They're, they're hideous. They're heinous. Um, just don't do it. And also, I'd be real interested to keep an eye on ball distribution, specifically running backs Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Cohen gets a lot more receiving. He's very quick. Uh, Howard, you know, the bell cow, it seems like he's getting about 15 carries, but nothing. It just seems like a different Jordan Howard, obviously. And then, of course, the wideouts. Taylor Gabriel's had a, a couple of big games here in a row, and Allen Robinson was probably the, the bigger-named free agent. But I think Nagy's offense, man, they just spread it around. And the bottom line is this. If you want to be a uh, playoff team and you want to win divisions and you want to be like the number two team in the league, like DVO has you ranked, then you need to beat the New England Patriots at home. It's just that simple. You can't be like, oh, it's the Patriots. They're so great. They're at the end of their dynasty. They're old. They they are not as good as they were. And you're at home and you're better and you're good. So win the game. That's, you know, that's what you do. Fuck it. All right, anyway, that's going to wrap it up. Bear Down Wednesday, Jason Bell. I'm your host. We are on Twitter at BD Wednesdays. Send a, send a question to bdwednesdays at gmail.com. And uh, as always, bear down. Take it easy. Peace.